This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. And you're listening to the Super Bowl, finally the Super Bowl week edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag. We're part of this podcast, and we are dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is a senior writer at Dynasty League Football. That's DLF for all you in the know, and an analyst over at Pro Football Focus. That's PFF for all you folks out there, and host of the Player Raider Pod, co-founder of the Dynasty Command Center. Welcome to the show, Curtis Patrick. You can find him on the tweets at CPatrick. NFL. It's great to have you back on the Mailbag Show. Curtis, man, what is good? Man, that was quite quite the intro, Jeremy. I really appreciate that. I'm going to have to get a bigger business card. You, you know what? It's not the size of the business card. It's how you use it. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that, man. Yeah, that's right. Well, you see, nowadays, you know, it's all about like the slick business card. Like, I, last season, was it last season or two seasons ago in the NBA? For whatever reason, I don't even remember the name of the company, but it was all about how you can just build your dreams and it all starts with your business card and it's having a really slick, crisp business card. And I could tell you, I work for a Fortune 12 company, CPAT, and you know what? Our, our business cards are crap, utter crap. I just want to get a business card that's just like black and plastic and there's nothing on it. And maybe if you just like hold it in the light just right, you can see my info. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a business card that says say my name and then that's just gonna be it. <laughs> We're gonna be answering all the questions for this week regarding uh, dynasty player outlooks, offseason prep, uh, prep, Super Bowl hits, whatever it is. Uh, before we dive in though, Curtis, last time you were on, uh, you were really kind of hitting the lift off button, if you will, on the dynasty command center. Really taking off here. The DCC, I'll call it, has expanded. You've opened up to a premium Slack chat for team members and subscribers. Uh, you've, you've got people on the hand here ready to help people draft. Tell RV Nation about the product, uh, what it might be, you know, what RV Nation might not be, or what, what they are missing out on if they're not actually currently subscribing. Goodness. Yeah, man, you, you made it through. You made it through. Um, <laughs> man, I'm so passionate about um, Command Center. I, I really think it's still probably the best kept secret. Um, that's out there and available for people to subscribe to. So if, if people aren't aware, if listeners aren't aware, um, that's kind of a joint venture between myself and the Godfather Dynasty, 
uh, Ryan McDowell himself. And, and we wanted to create um, a really active community, but we what we wanted to really do is bring the fantasy, the, the, some of the well-known fantasy analysts together with Dynasty players and, and have more of a relational uh, ongoing consultation. And it's really, it's just blossomed into this thing where, you know, we've got you know, 13 or 14 channels now for, for different dynasty t- topics. And I, I think you alluded to this earlier, you know, we'll help people draft. I mean, we literally had one of our subscribers that um, was in a hangout with Ryan McDowell for like two hours um, going through his dynasty draft, like while he was ro- uh, rolling through the early rounds. Um, you know, s- some people probably, uh, I probably shouldn't say this on the pod, but some people have our, our phone numbers, you know, we're texting them what they should do if we don't have a chance to um, check in on the Slack, it, but it's, it, it's really wild. And, and I think I could talk about it a lot, but what I did is I, I just dropped uh, a question in the Slack and asked the subscribers to, 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 uh, ex- explain, you know, what the value is to them. And I, and I think maybe that would resonate a little bit better. So I'll just read a couple of these. Um, so my buddy, uh, Jeffrey, uh, Mosjat says when you're involved in negotiations, it's invaluable to have an expert backup to make sure you make a favorable deal. Uh, Charles, um, is one of the Charles, this, this guy, Charles, he has 37 dynasty teams. I think he's insane. <laughs> and what he says is, you know, I appreciate the conviction and the opinions uh, that go into decision-making information can be found in a lot of places. Um, but the DCC team has a strategy. They relentlessly pursue it and attack it. And it's really what separates this from any other option out there. So, you know, I think that's probably enough intrigue. You can follow us at, at Dynasty Command on Twitter. Um, we do have kind of a placeholder website, DynastyCommandCenter.com, and that's where you go um, to sign up for the Slack. But, um, you know, if, if you're somebody who's going to add a couple of Dynasty teams this offseason and want to try some new strategies or or maybe you've just flopped it the last couple startups you've had, um, you know, join up now and we've got a whole team ready to help you draft. Or if you got yourself into a real mess last season with some startups and you just don't know how to dig out i mean that's this is really the place you need to be just fantastic uh dcc united we'll call it and you know it's it's a concierge service it truly is and it's it's you know i i have quite a few different slack channels going myself here and there's nothing more critical than being able to not only get expert advice um but to be able to to keep yourself honest bounce off of uh, ideas opinions get different perspective from people that think differently from yourself which is the most critical thing you know it it does not make sense to continuously always just keep yourself around like-minded people because you're not going to learn anything new at that point so so just a fantastic product uh grade a i must say kurt could bring bring in the 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 uh, uh what what do you call that i am just brain farting here on our the heat bring the heat baby. bring in the heat yeah but you know the testimonial that's what i'm looking for you got the testimonials on hand and everything i mean geez what's the what's the price point um you can sign up for 9.99 a month or you can save 20 percent signing up annually uh um so you know there's options if, if you're not the type of person that wants to go all in for 12 months right now just sign up, try it out for a month, but I think you'll probably renew. 
Yeah, and if you're and if you're a multi dynasty drafter, you got 37 leagues out there. I I can't even do that anymore. I was at one point up to 22, I believe, and I I've drastically reduced that because I just had to get more focus on the ones that I was actually in. Uh, but kudos to the dynasty community out there, and that's what we're going to talk about a lot here today. So before we do though, Curtis, you know, you, we already have the Alex Smith news here. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, news is probably around the corner here. What do you hoping with with Sir Kurt. Uh, is there another offseason story that you're excited to see play out as well outside of the QB hand-sized Twitter, of course? QB, yeah, you've, you've seen my comments on that. So, <laughs> you were so not with, alone. Yeah, so with Cousins, he's obviously going to be gone, you know, at this point. Um, you know, the, the big rumor that's out there, everyone wants to put him in Denver. Um, in a lot of ways, it makes sense. You know, the, de- the defense has tailed off a little bit, but they still have some pieces there. And you could argue maybe that if the offense had been stronger, you know, the defense would have played harder, those types of things. Um, you know, that would be a huge boost to the, to all the, uh, you know, halo effect to the, the wide receivers, um, there who have kind of fallen off. DT and Manny had, you know, rough seasons for them. Um, I think Arizona seems like that's the popular 1B option. Um, you know, Fitz, Fitz is still there, but, you know, I think that the problem with Arizona is, you know, does he feel like in a division with Seattle and LA, um, that there's ready to win. Um, Cousins is probably going to, I'm assuming he's going to make uh, winning a title a priority here. You know, he's made a lot of money with these franchise tags the past couple seasons. So, um, you know, and, and there could be something that, you know, maybe it's, maybe it is all about money or maybe he really wants to be the guy. I'm kind of secretly hoping for, for Cleveland. Um, it, it's so improbable that it would happen. They'd probably have to pay him like $30 million or something, but, um, I think they have a lot of really young, interesting guys at both at wide receiver and tight end. And they got a guy in Duke Johnson that, you know, Cousins made really good work of uh, Chris Thompson this past season. So I think he could elevate a lot of people in a spot like Cleveland for fantasy purposes. Um, so that maybe that's my dark horse at this point. I think your other question was, what other offseason stories am I excited about? Uh, and, and there's really two. Um, the next one is, you know, what are the, what are these high end free agent wide receivers going to go? Um, we got Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson seem like, um, two of the bigger names now, you know, with the news of Devontae Adams staying in, in Green Bay. You know, both of those guys are, I think, difference makers and the right type of offense. I would love to see Sammy go. Um, you know, he's, he's on a good team, but, you know, I, I think we, we got a 16 game sample of what his, his role would be. Um, and it's not something that is attractive for fantasy purposes. I really want Alice, Allen Robinson in San Francisco, man. With mm-hmm. Shanahan and Jimmy G, that would really uh, that really be uh, an injection of uh, rocket fuel into his dynasty prospects. And then, I mean, there's some interesting like tier two receivers that are free agents too, like Paul Richardson. Um, a guy like that could be, you know, maybe in line for a bigger role and kind of an under the radar signing. So um, I think all those receivers are going to be fun to track. And then the Andrew Luck saga, man, and and what him and Josh McDaniels are going to do, assuming he he does take that job. So I think we're going to talk about that later in the show. So many awesome stories here to track this offseason here. Bring P. Rich over here to Chicago. You know, Mitch Trubisky, he's got a silently quick, you know, pretty nice deep ball here. And uh, P. Rich, I think, could bring something home for Chicago here. So let's make that happen. Would love to see A-Rob and San Fran with you. I, I, Man, I'm with you. I'd love to see Kurt in Cleveland. I've got some fantasy assets in Cleveland. I just, it, it seems like he just wouldn't be a Dorsey guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... yeah. 
that that's the only you know he's just not football guy enough right Kirk Cousins like if your name is Cousins like how can you be a football guy right but if we're gonna be, <laughs> if we're gonna be tracking all these stories and you can do so all off season in as we uh, scout the portfolio of rookies and the class that are coming out here you can do so at a thirty percent discount just go to Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast in addition to signing up for the Dynasty Command Center of course a subscription to Rotoviz gives you unlimited access to all of your premium NFL content and it also supports this pod you can also support this pod go and subscribe to the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. We also have a channel dedicated directly to the Fantasy Football Mailbag now, so go ahead and hit that one up as well. Uh, takes hard work putting these shows out every week, so do us a solid and hit that rate button. And of course, if you have any questions you want answered on the mailbag, hit us up via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotavizradio. And we're actually going to take a little bit of a hiatus here for the mailbag show I'm uh, gonna gonna take a little breather here, and uh, we'll kick back up before the season starts, of course. Here, uh, so again, throughout the off season, just want to say thanks for listening through this football season, and uh, we're not going anywhere though. So if you have any questions, ideas for the show, anybody you want on, just hit us up again. That's word of his radio at gmail dot com. All right, C Pat, let's get it going. QQs for the week. Here we go. Now that Alex Smith is in Washington, what can I expect to see from Jamison Crowder and the rest of the passing attack there in Washington? Washington. Well, I think I think Jamo is going to be okay. Um, you know, he had a down year for himself, but I, I think it was kind of underreported um, all the injury issues he was dealing with early in the season. He just really wasn't right, and he still very quietly um, was kind of a, I guess, a mid wide receiver three. He was, I think, he was wide receiver uh, thirty-two in PPR for the season, despite the slow start and despite not really being a touchdown threat. Only had three touchdowns uh, this season. Uh, Alex Smith can certainly prop up. At least one, at least one fantasy uh, asset, and I think Crowder is the favorite to be that guy. I I don't know um, really what to expect quite yet. I haven't had a chance to look at that. But if we look at what what Gruden um, has done for QBs in in his career, I mean, some of Andy Dalton's best seasons, maybe Andy Dalton's best seasons overall, were with Jay Gruden, and he's clearly been fine for Kirk Cousins. So, um, you know, I I found myself in a, in a minority somehow on on Twitter by saying that, you know, I thought Alex Smith could still be fantasy relevant in Washington next year. Everyone wanted to say, well, he sucked his whole career and this is the the only good season he's had. But, you know, he he had the best weapons he's ever had. Um, and, and Andy Reid, I mean, think about Andy Reid. He, he's got this reputation as, as a great guy for running backs. And, and, you know, he gets to the playoffs and can't win those games. But he hasn't really been a great coach for fantasy quarterbacks. And Gruden has been. So I don't think it's unrealistic that Smith could be, you know, a QB one again. I don't, I don't know if he is that top five guy again, but why can't he be a low end QB one and spread the ball around in, in Gruden's system? Yeah, I'm with you there as well. I think I think it's fine. You know, I think it's more of a net net. Yes, he's coming off a career year. You know, I, I geez, I mean, his his pass catchers really nailed it. I mean, if you take a look at their catch rates across the board, I mean, it's just just crazy, right? So you'd have to expect some regression there. But I mean, yeah, you you've seen the career progression for Alex Smith. He, you know, if if you're looking at his whole entire body of work, it says you know last year was more anomalic. But you know, I think the the pairing with Gruden, I think he's 
he's he's going to be fine. I think he's going to teeter on that low end QB one. He's going to have good weeks and he's going to be fine. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of his his binky is, if you will, because you know his Travis Kelsey, I guess, um, is is never on the field, right? So let's see what Washington does here in the draft. All right, next one up we have uh, over in Jacksonville, Curtis. We saw Leonard Fournette's ankle injury continue uh, through the postseason. It appears Chris Ivory is out. I know Forney is still the man, but is there any value to be mined with the likes of TJ Yeldon? Will they protect their investment by splitting the share of carries more? I I don't love Yeldon at this point. We've, we've got a couple years worth of data. I mean, I definitely see what you're saying in terms of trying to protect Fournette. Um, but you know, I was, try- I was trying to do the math here and, and, and what would it actually take for me to want to invest in Yeldon, even though you can probably have him for a dynasty uh, third round rookie pick, you know, from just about anybody at this point. If you gave all of Chris Ivory's 137 opportunities to Yeldon this past season, on top of what Yeldon did himself, it would have get him all the way up to running back 18 in PPR. Uh, they, they actually finished right next to each other in the mid 50s. Um, uh, overall for the season. So are they really going to give Yeldon another, what is that, eight, eight touches per game? Um, I just can't see it. Maybe do they expand the his pass-catching role, you know, another target or two per week? I, maybe that's likely, but I just can't find myself saying with all these other talented guys that are coming in um, and, and teams that, that actually are kind of begging to make someone a workhorse I just can't see Yeldon becoming that low end running back to that I would want to take a, you know, kind of take a stab at if I was going to move for him. So that that's one I'll let you do and I'm going to pass. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually with you on this one. I mean, it's uh, the, I I don't mind Yeldon. I think he is going to get some increased workload, but you you, you hit the nail on the head with the renaissance of running backs here coming out, right? I mean, you you don't even want to give away a third round pick for Yeldon because you see him in that limited role. And, and granted, yes, Leonard Fournette could go down and, and Yeldon could get some increased opportunity, but as Chris Ivory goes out, somebody else comes in. It could very well be the next guy up who could be just as good in that role or better as TJ Yeldon. So I'm with you there as well. Uh, next one up, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes ranked now uh, for redraft and for long-term dynasty. Should we expect a drop-off uh, from last year with Hill and Kelsey? I think, uh, okay, so they're, they're, they want to know if there's going to be any drop-off with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with Mahomes coming in. All right, so I think the first half of that question was, uh, where's Mahomes ranked for redraft and long-term? I mean, I, I think for redraft, He's probably like a low end QB two. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get real cute and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to wait forever on QB and, and Mahomes is going to lead me to fantasy glory in 18. Um, I, I mentioned this when we were talking to Alex Smith a few minutes ago. Andy Reid has really not been a, a great fantasy uh, quarterback maker. You know, I mean, Smith's season this year is probably, I don't have that, that data in front of me, but, um, I, I would guess that it's, at worst, a top three quarterback season of any QB that's played for him. And it may have been the best. Um, and Mahomes is going to be coming in essentially as a second year rookie. I think, I think Hill's still pr- probably going to be okay with that deep ball. Um, I think the question is going to be, does Kelsey still get that volume or is Mahomes proved to be a guy that wants to dump it down to, to hunt more as a safety valve? Um, that, that remains to be seen, but I mean, 
yeah, well, what if Kelsey falls off, what's he going to be the tight end three? I mean, he's been the tight end one back to back seasons. So I don't think these are guys that you want to get rid of. It's definitely a range of possible outcomes that Mahomes comes in and lights it up like we saw from Deshaun. Um, I mean, anything's possible. So Hill and Kelsey are both elite, you know, like top 36 dynasty assets in a startup right now. And, and that doesn't change for me just because there's a, a change under center. Yeah. See, I think, I think Mahomes, Probably teeters in that low end QB one range as well. Uh, he, you know, he's got the the assets around him to do well. He can use his his legs as well. He's got a, a good deep ball from what we saw in, in college there in terms of yards uh, per attempt there. And you know, I I think the regression in Kansas City isn't necessarily tied to Mahomes, but it's just tied to how well. Hill and, and Kelsey did. And, you know, Kelsey with his market share was just crazy. Is Mahomes going to lean on him as much or is he also going to spread the ball a little bit or, uh, around more? Is, is Tyreek Hill going to be as efficient on the deep balls as he was? So I don't think any regression is Mahomes specific necessarily. I could, I could see Mahomes, uh, you know, just having a good camp, right? And you know how fantasy Twitter and beat writer Twitter is. And this guy is just going to be put up on a pedestal. And I, th- I think it's deserved. I do, but I, I think he's actually going to get pushed up the draft board more than I would take a risk, knowing his range of outcomes potentially. Uh, where you know if he if he gets pushed up into the what maybe ninth round range or something, I'd much I think I'd just take a couple quarterbacks in the eleventh round there as well. Um, oh yeah, you can just you can just kind of uh, take the boring route and go Matt Stafford again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know I mean? hey, that's. Yeah, but he, he, I think he's going to be a trap for redraft for next year, but I do really like him for dynasty. And, and I think that was the other part of that question. So if you, if you got Mahomes, I would be excited about that in dynasty. Now you also alluded to Andrew Luck potentially getting some new coaching here. The next question up is Luck specific. Are there any plans in Indy to bring in more talent to actually move the ball down the field? Man, I sure hope so. If, if McDaniels comes in, I mean, this is an offensive guy. I got to think that he's going to look, he's going to look and see how, uh, bear the, cupboards are but you know i think i think the issue is to to want to give them one of the really elite you know offensive weapons in free agency means they'd further you know neglect a lot of other areas of need i mean this is one of the you know the most sad talent situations in the nfl in the nfl right now um so i just i just really don't know a guy that i i would kind of like to see there not that i want him to leave where he's at but i think would be interesting with mcdaniels would be jarvis landry um, you know, Mc, you know, McDaniel's in New England have had so much success with that kind of run game extender role with Welker and Edelman over the years. And it would just be kind of fun to see, you know, what can a guy like Landry, who's good in space, do on the turf, you know, with the threat of Hilton over top and, and a chain mover like Doyle going down the seam. I think, um, you know, that could be a really interesting threesome uh, for Luck to attack defenses with. All right. Uh, next, uh, what was your biggest tilt this season, Curtis? I know I've had uh, a couple tilts around Todd Gurley, even though having him in Dynasty, but losing with him in Dynasty in the big game. I don't know how that happens, but it did. What do you, what do you got for us? Oh, man. My, my biggest tilt was definitely Gronk being suspended in Week 14. Um, I had a win and end situation uh, in, in one of my favorite leagues, and I had to start uh, in one of my favorite dynasty leagues, and I had to start David Njoku instead, and he went uh, one reception for three yards, and as you can imagine, I didn't get in. So that uh, you know, I love Gronk. I own so many shares of him, and um, love rooting for him. But that stupid bonehead play, 
against Buffalo actually ended up costing me a league that I was a, a favorite in. So definitely my tail. What about you, man? Oh gosh, yeah, it's and there's top it off. It's got to hurt even more just watching Buffalo Twitter getting into the playoffs and just breaking tables on themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's like a different type of drunk in Buffalo from Philadelphia, right? Like it's just making like making babies in the parking lot, man. <laughs> you saw that one too, I bet. It's yeah. There's like there's like the mean drunk, and then there's like the happy drunk. And I don't know if I could call the Buffalo the happy drunk, but it's like the the pretty crazy party life drunk. But yeah, no, I mean it was it was it was easy for me to say Todd Gurley uh, because you know I went up just against a buzzsaw that if you didn't have Todd Gurley, you needed all the other running backs. But more specifically, it was Alshon Jeffrey. You know, I had a couple you know injuries between whether it was Devonte Adams or, or Nuke when you know his situation got a little muddy there. Needed Alshon to step up and. He just got like a goose egg uh, for me that didn't help my cause. So that was that was it for me. But uh, let's go more positive here. What was your favorite fantasy football memory uh, this year or ever? Man, ever. I mean, there's there's so many good ones. I mean, this game's so fun. And, um, you know, I have a handful of leagues where it's people I've been playing with forever. And, and you know, now um, as I've kind of expanded, you know, I have a, a lot of leagues with people I don't know too. But, you know, this this is definitely one from an old home league. So back in 2010, there were a couple sleepers that everyone was talking about at the running back position, Justin Forsett and Arian Foster. And Justin Forsett was kind of the, the sexier name. And, uh, everyone kind of made fun of me for drafting Arian Foster, uh, before him. And you kind of the rest was history. Like it, it was basically own Foster and you win that year. So that was definitely really fun. And it was kind of, I think it was the first year that I was kind of like, you know what? Um, I think I'm kind of pretty good at this thing. I had him everywhere. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, from there, it's really when I kind of became a, a fantasy diehard. So, um, yeah, that, that was my favorite memory from last year or from, from ever, I guess. And then for this season, um, just watching Tyreek Hill, I ended up adding him like every, everywhere last year between what he did in the preseason and then seeing some of those, uh, some of those return gain return game heroics um actually back when i was writing for rid of is I, I put an article out on tyreek early in the season and um, i just owned so much of him this year that it was really fun to watch him make that transition from kind of swiss army knife do it all guy to actually be a legit wide receiver who still has an unknown ceiling yeah, I, I also kept my uh, Tyreek Hill shares intact as well. Uh, next one here, Curtis. I can't help but think Nick Chubb is getting lost in the mix due to this year's class and his injury. Uh, would you put him in the same tier as Darius Goose if you uh, – did I say that right? Is it Goose or Juice? Is it Goose or Juice? Man, guys, it's guys, it's guys. Yeah, it's got to be guys. But I don't can we just say? Play, I want to just. I mean, he's got to be Darius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call him the goose, man. The goose is loose. The goose is loose. Well, would you put would you put Chubb it. in the in the goose is loose tier? Uh, if you're only looking at production in a vacuum here, what say you? Um, I think it's kind of fair. I don't think he's a full tier below. Let's just say that. So, I mean, I think guys is clearly going to go ahead of him in, in dynasty drafts that are happening today. Chubb needs to have a really strong combine, um, and, and prove the, the haters and doubters wrong, um, about the knee. But he, I mean, he is a really good athlete. So if, if he passes that physical and there's no concerns, I mean, his range of possible outcomes, he could go, um, you know, in the same round as guys, I guess, in the NFL draft. From a pure production standpoint, 
I think um, Chubb is being overlooked a little bit. And I think it's a little bit of the Juju Smith-Schuster syndrome from last year. You know, Chubb's best season was a couple years ago as a freshman. And kind of the same thing, you know, with, with Juju. He had that early breakout. And then, you know, we never really saw um, all of that. I guess growth from a production profile standpoint that you would have, you would have wanted to see. But I mean, early breakout, I know there's a lot of proponents of that. And, you know, for Chubb to do what he did as a freshman was, was really awesome. I was doing a little research on him. Um, Dynasty Command Center actually has a rookie guide out and, uh, some of the research that, that Russell Clay found, uh, in his piece on Chubb in that, uh, magazine is that since 2000, um, only nine running backs have had a season with 1,500 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards. And Chubb is the only one that did that as freshman. I mean, that's really, really impressive. So I would agree he's being overlooked. It, it's possible that he ends up being, you know, one of the top two to three fantasy backs out of this class. So um, if you're freaking out that you don't have a top two pick in this draft, you definitely shouldn't be. You know, guys like Chubb um, and Penny and Freeman, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, with running back this year it's 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 a great year to to stand pat and and not sell the farm to get up in the top two well said nicely said uh fuck mary kill we've got the super bowl party edition here uh we've got the commercials that are no longer making you laugh every everything's got a message now right i mean that's that's where we're at now uh people that are quiet for the commercials but talk during the game and friends that start talking shop during the game like tony romo was the biggest choke artist ever Whew, man. Yeah, this this is pretty I mean, you just gave me like manila envelope, like vanilla cardboard <laughs> crap to work with here. So I mean That's what that's what we do. Yeah, we work with crap on yeah, the show. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm definitely gonna kill the friends that are talking shop during the game and, and talking smack about Tony Romo being a choke artist. Um I don't have any patience for that. Romo's underappreciated in NFL history and people need to to get off that high horse. Um, I would probably marry the commercials that are no longer about making you laugh. I think, you know, 65 to 70 year old me that has a little bit less testosterone might tear up at some of those commercials and appreciate <laughs> the sentimentality. So just kind of looking way into the future, maybe I could, I could find it in my heart to, you know, think that the, the Clyde, the Budweiser Clydesdale, uh, pony is, uh, you know, <laughs> cute and, you know, making friends with the dog or whatever, um, they do. The people that are quiet for the commercials and talk during the game, um, I, I think that's who I'm getting down with just for no other reason than to make them shut up. You know, maybe they, maybe they would stop talking <laughs> about other things if they were focusing on the pummeling that I was giving them. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty ingenious, I must say. I mean, if you can't beat them, join them, just in a different capacity, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> if, you, if you can't beat them, enter them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's that's going to win it. You know, I think we're just going to wrap up the show on that note right there. I mean, those, that's, those are words to live by. <laughs> uh, next one here, I know it's too early to speculate, but it seems like a shoo-in for Cousins in Denver. Uh, you've already alluded to this here. If he lands there... Uh, or any quarterback for that matter, uh, wide receiver that's going to stand to benefit from somebody like Cousins coming to town. And is it also Carlos Henderson time? Um, I don't think it's Carlos Henderson time, uh, just because it's, it's just too crowded. Um, not only are, are DT and Manny still there, um, the guy that I actually think is going to be the value for next year is Jake Butt. Um, there's, a lot of room for a tight end to make a difference in in Denver, especially if Cousins goes. Cousins is 
been a guy that's that's made good work of both Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. So um, while I do think there's room for a third option, not sure it's going to be at wide receiver. I think Henderson's more of a buy him even lower guy um, when he doesn't produce um, next year. Maybe he's going to be on that that waiver wire scrap heap. I do think that there's there's room for a little bit of rebound from 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 both DT and Manny. It's it's way too early for me to kind of predict which guy it would be. Uh, especially when we don't know which quarterback uh, is going. But assuming it's Cousins, you know, I'd have to think he's going to elevate them over what, uh, you know, Simeon uh, was doing. I, I, I really selfishly kind of want Denver to just give Chad Kelly a chance because I, I like him and um, I think that'd be an interesting story. You know, all the all the history between O.A. and Jim Kelly. And um, I, I don't know, I think there'd be a lot of uh, phone articles you could write about that. And, and Chad Kelly is just a really, really interesting background. Um, do a search on him and you'll find all kinds of shenanigans he got into in college. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still a muddied story right now in Denver. I, I could clearly see Denver going there, but you know, maybe he doesn't want to go there. I mean, I, I can't remember, forgive me out there, if it was either Neil or Sasan on the site here, uh, that was taking a look at some of the contract stuff here. Um, but you know, it looks like we've, we've got some potential. Yeah. I, I can't say they're going to, they're going to, you know, part ways with Emmanuel Sanders, but I mean, they, they potentially could just given the, the savings, if they're looking to kind of, uh, you know, bolster up anywhere else, I, I think they're going to be fine. I think it's still going to be the, the two big ones here for the short term here. Carlos Henderson, I do think it's crowded as well. Um, but you know, I think that he could potentially kind of groom into uh, a receiver that could be effective in this offense. It's just, it's a little muddied right now. So I don't know. You know, it, I'm I'm still Emmanuel Sanders. I like to Demarius Thomas more, um, but you know, there's always things cropping up with that dude's hip, right? So you just, you know, it, it's a recurring thing. Um, he he's such an efficient guy, but you know, I'd rather just play it safe and conservative on the Emmanuel Sanders side. Um, but of course, it's going to bolster him across the board here. So it's still muddy there. It's not a little muddy here in the Super Bowl here. I don't, you know, you know what they say, Curtis? They say leave yourself some outs, right? But I just I can't do it. I can't see how Philadelphia is going to pull this one off here. Tom Brady coming in and, you know, just that offense in general. Nick Foles is going to have to produce here. So I'm heading over to my bookie. I'm laying down the cash on the Tom Brady and crew, just extending this dynasty for at least one more season here. So get over to mybookie.ag. They're the the number one rated online sports book. Uh, You're done with redraft fantasy football right now. The best way to use your sports knowledge is to win cash by betting at my bookie. It's a sports book that makes it easy. Easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They literally have odds on everything, live betting, and all new prop builder tool. Uh, pretty cool stuff there. Create your own bet slips, bet how you want. Uh, look, if you and your friends are going to say, you know what, LeBron's going to score 30 points and have 10 assists, put your money where your mouth is. Go over to my bookie and drop a line over there. You can do it from your desktop. You can do it on your tablet. You can do it from your mobile device. Uh, basically, anytime, anywhere. My bookie offers the fastest, no hassle payout. When you win, join now and my bookie will match your deposit up to 50%. That's right. They will match your deposit up to 50%. That's pretty, pretty wild. Just use the promo code Roto Mailbag when making your account. Visit mybookie.ag today and bet on the internet's favorite sports book where you play, you win, and you get paid. 
All right, is it too early, Curtis, to expect a year two breakout from Johnny Smith, and is it time to get out from underneath Delaney Walker? I drafted Smith on a dynasty team uh, to replace Walker specifically. I, I really like Johnny Smith, but I don't think that 2018 is going to be his breakout year. I think it's probably going to be 2019. I don't I don't see how Tennessee can let Delaney go. Delaney was really good again this year. Um, he was he was third in the NFL in receptions for tight ends. He was fourth in the NFL in receiving yards for tight ends. He was fourth in PPR uh, amongst tight ends. I, I, that surprised me when I was when I was doing my research. I didn't realize he had finished quite so high. Um, and when you're trying to implement a new offense um, with with a guy in Mariota who really took uh, a step backwards, I, I think getting rid of probably the most effective offensive weapon you've had there for the last couple seasons is not the way to do it. Now, I think Smith probably gets a little more run next year than he got this year. Um, and, and he's, he's a, a perfect guy to take that, uh, to take that role in the long term. There's actually a lot of overlap in the skill sets. So I really do like Johnny Smith. I own him probably in half of my dynasty leagues, I'd say. Um, and so I, I'm invested and, and I'm going to be holding on to him. But if, if you're a team that's competing, Walker is a hold for me. Um, and if you're, if you're a team that, uh, is competing and you're, you're having trouble at, at tight end, he's a guy you can probably go out and get for like a rookie third, um, right now, uh, for a rebuilding team or, you know, maybe, you know, a young upside player. And he's a guy that could, you know, really help you compete. Yeah, I mean, I I have to agree with everything that you just said here. The only caveat here, and I don't I don't think it's really going to much ado about anything here. But I mean, if if they Tennessee feels the need to make a business decision with Delaney Walker, I do know that Neil covered this one uh, for the free agency series, just an awesome series on the site, uh, doing phenomenal work on that. So make sure you all check that out here. But it looks like if they hypothetically did go ahead and cut Delaney here, there's going to be a six point two mil cap savings there with only 633,000 in dead money. So they could potentially say, you know what, we're we're going to we're going to let Delaney go on. We're going to hopefully uh get some more production from John who not necessarily match Delaney and then go out and get one of those splash receivers like Allen Robinson to give Marcus Mariota somebody to to pair with uh wait for it, Taiwan Taylor because uh uh, Eric Decker is potentially going to be gone here as well, and Harry Douglas, right? So, I, I man, I, I love Delaney. I don't see how they get rid of him, but you know, if they want to make a splash move and they decide they, in order to do that, they have to cut ways with Delaney. Uh, maybe that isn't within the range of outcomes there, but uh, yeah, just just a phenomenal asset there. Realistically, I think you know you're you're probably better off waiting on a year three breakout with Johnu as well. Uh, what are the prospects for Allen Robinson and Jarvis Landry? Oh, you allude two more names that you've alluded to already next year. Will they resign with their teams? Uh, you mentioned them potentially going into San Fran here. Is Jacksonville really going to let this dude walk? What do you think? I, I honestly, I just don't have a feel for either of these guys. And I think that's why I'm just so interested in the story. Um, Landry was caught in a couple of interviews, kind of playing coy um, at the Pro Bowl. Um, it sounded like talks were progressing a little bit, but man it's it's hard for me to envision with with all the improvement that that Miami needs to needs to do are they really going to pay Landry like top 10 wide receiver money kind of seems like that's what he's what he's going for um and he's you know you know his agent's going to point to the production and uh the, and the market share and how much the team has leaned on him i 
the, the last rumor I heard on, on Robinson was that he was going to be back, but that seems like it would be such an anti-Tom Coughlin move to, to re-sign Robinson when the team performed so well this year, um, you know, without him. And they, you know, they found like a late round gym or I guess undrafted gym and Keelan Cole and they, they still have, uh, Hearns and Marquise Lee. And, uh, you know, there's, there's other lower end, you know, maybe a guy like Paul Richardson, who we talked about earlier would be more of a guy that I could see fitting in, in a team in Jacksonville that's building around the run. So I, at the end of the day, if I was going to bet, um, that, that only one is going to stay, I think Landry's probably more likely to stay. Um, but, but I really think they both go. Yeah. I'm, uh, Ah, I'm I'm gonna lean on a Rob Stain, unfortunately, because I I don't I I get no good reason for this. I just I I don't know how you do away with a talent like this. A little, but you know we we saw it happen. Alshon made it over to Philadelphia, right? Uh, yeah. What the what the hell? Um, but yeah, Jarvis Landry. I I thought I saw a couple weeks ago that them not you know being being in in tune with what you know, his camp was asking for, uh, as, and you, you alluded to the market share as well. Uh, I, I have a difficult time getting past him more an extension of the run game. Um, you know, but I'm clearly biased when, when it comes to him, but I think, I think we'll see Landry somewhere else. And I think, uh, a Rob is, yeah, I, I think he's good enough that, you know, Jacksonville's really going to have to pony up if they want him. And to your point, Coughlin, just, you know, being a good business mind, I guess they're They could potentially see him walk there as well uh curtis what was the worst job you ever had oh this this one was so easy and it brought back so many bad memories so thank <laughs> you for that um i worked uh my between my freshman and sophomore year of college uh when i came home i worked at a place called split rock ranch and split rock ranch was a place where they would bring in all this rough sorted um huge rock that uh, people would use in, in building homes or you know, like, uh, state parks would use to build bridges, things like that. Well, you would, you would go in there and you would have to build your pallets to start the day. And then you would stack rocks of like size, weight and color on these pallets, uh, that you've kind of built a chicken wire fence around and you, you were paid on a, a pure production, you know, cash, uh, deal. So however many pallets you filled up with this heavy, rough sorted rock, that's how much money you're going to make for the day. So it was literally, a pure production um, deal. I got in really good shape that summer, but it was one of those things where it was hard to stand up straight at the end of the day. My brother actually worked there with me that summer and he got so mad uh, because one of his pallets wasn't accepted. And so he didn't get paid for it. So he quit on the spot and left me there with no ride home. So (laughs) (laughs) that's, that was definitely like the worst place ever. Um, Yeah. So split rock ranch, uh, beautiful product, horrible boss. That sounds fucking awful. That just sounds... <laughs> oh, I got a quick story, though. I did work with this one guy there that he... We were digging up rock along this fence line um, at a property that we had bought a contract on. And he just, in the middle in the middle of what we were doing, without saying a word, sprints in the opposite direction of where I'm at. And he comes back like five minutes later holding a deer. Like he tackled, caught, and carried back a deer just to show me that he could catch it with his bare hands jeez <laughs> yeah man you can't make these stories up this is uh this is ohio living oh my god i feel like you know for lunchtime like you know somebody came out with just like the, the empty glass jar cracked a bunch of eggs in there stirred it up like on napoleon dynamite and that's what they fed you 
Oh, that's definitely the vibe that was going on here. Like you, you're, you're nailing, you're absolutely nailing it. But imagine then having to work the rest of your shift with this guy. And it's just the two of you out in the middle of nowhere. Like I know that he can catch a deer. And now like, what could he do to me? <laughs> oh gosh. And, and mine is similar. No, man, n- nothing to that extent. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the show, but you know, when I was younger, my worst job clearly was, was in the landscaping business. I had a couple buddies that were doing it, making, you know, for that age, pretty decent money at the time. And I went out there and I, you know, I think I had a, maybe a little too much to drink the night before. Not too bad. Right. But just the, the thought of getting up in the morning at like, you know, 6.30 a.m. to go out to a landscaping site and stay there till maybe 4 o'clock and pushing rocks or sod or boulders or, or trees or bricks or whatever whatever project they were working on that weekend or house that they were working on, that was just the worst experience of this office jockey's life, all right? Like, I was an athletic dude, right? But there's zero chance that I ever want to do landscaping and work like that. So I did it for a weekend, and I was out. I was back in the pizza parlor push and pie that's that's where i belonged but we'll move on from landscaping and pushing rocks yeah you need now it reminds me of uh, the never-ending story with the what, what what's that dude named the rock the rock biters the rock biters you remember that are you old enough to, to know that I, one that I, that's a just a barely before my time man i'm, I'm not sure that i've I, I know i can picture the movie cover to that it's the thing with like the big hairy dragon that's like a white dragon or a dog or something but i've never seen it <laughs> yeah and you know what the 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 replayability on it is is not not surprisingly not that great where i would say oh you have to see this movie atreyu falcor the flying dog you know it just sounds great and then you go back and watch it like wow this is a pretty shitty film <laughs> thanks for the heads up man yeah but but you have to but you still have to like it's just you know it's history class right you just have to do it and if you do it if if you might not know this but at one point they're in the eiffel tower okay i think it's the eiffel tower no that i mean it's not i don't know some sort of tower i don't remember the name of it um but there is actually a scene where you will literally see yoda in the scene and you don't know it unless you're looking for it or catch for it so yeah food for thought uh fun fact as they say all right moving on here it seems like 75 percent of the bears pass catchers won't be back next year either due to contracts or free agency or not being good or all of the above i actually wrote god instead of good so that's that's great they're not going to be back because they're not being god uh in any event i really like what the team direction looks like but who can they get uh who can they get to catch passes and do we need to just wait until 2019 well, I mean, you're probably waiting until 2019 for, uh, any, any semblance of a, you know, an elite fantasy option, uh, as a pass catcher. But I think they have some guys on the roster that can emerge. I mean, Cam Meredith was really effective in, in 2016. And I think he's kind of a forgotten commodity. Uh, but right now he's the in-house favorite, um, to be the wide receiver one there next year. In my, in my uh, humble opinion, mm-hmm. um, Adam Shaheen is a guy that was clearly going to have, you know, a, a, a rough adjustment um, period in year one, making that jump from division two football. Um, but he's a guy that I really, I really think does have a lot of um, potential. And, and the main thing there is that, you know, they, they brought in an offensive mind. I mean, Matt LaFleur was, you know, out there throwing 40 some touchdowns in arena football league, uh, taking my, uh, 
my Columbus Destroyers here in Ohio to the uh, you know runner-up finishes in, in, in the Arena League uh, about a decade ago. So this is a guy that I think is you know kind of a, a fun under the radar hire. I think he he probably will have some ideas to get that pass game going, but you got to really like the Bears to to make a play for a free agent wide receiver. Yep, with you there, 100% there. I mean, I, I like the direction that the team is is going in here. Uh, I think I like what Pace is doing here. Uh, love the love the Cam Meredith call there. I mean, just such an elite, sharp dynasty buy right now. Just just go and get him. Uh, he's going to demand market share there. And then, yeah, anybody else that they bring into the offense is only going to bolster it as well. Uh, movie within a movie time. Take movie one's cast of characters. Pick them up. Move them into a completely different movie's plot. What is the new movie, and how does it play out? All right, man. Well, I'm going to cheat just a tiny bit, and I'm going to move a TV cast into a movie. Is that cool? We will take it. All right. I want to move the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia into a remake version of The Karate Kid. <laughs> and so, and here, so here's my rationale. So, like, Mac is always trying to do karate and prove that he can do karate on the show, right? And they've also already proven that they will do makeup special effects to change race. So I feel like instead of doing some black face, we could get some Asian face going um, with uh, with with Frank as uh, Mr. <laughs> Miyagi. So I think Mac would obviously be Daniel LaRusso in this scenario. And Dennis is going to I mean, Dennis would be such an elite replacement to play John Lawrence, like the snooty <laughs> preppy kid. Um, you know, that is popular in school, but you know, you, you've got to hate them. And then you're just going to be so happy when the underdog defeats them in the final. But I, there's nobody to take Elizabeth Shue's place. That's the problem in this scenario. Like D can't play Elizabeth Shue. I mean, that's, she's so elite as an early eighties, uh, heartthrob. Oh my gosh. She was, she was everything. She was just everything in that time. The white sweater, man, at the arcade. Yes. Jeez. I mean, Oh my gosh! What? What? Yeah, with the fold down the front there. Oh, the the hair, the the perm was yeah. just pristine, pristinely so would, perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we so we we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get an un, an unknown, um, or or you just go comedic with it and you have Artemis player and, and you just <laughs> go to, totally uh for the comedy uh, angle there. But I I definitely think they could do some things uh with that cast and the Karate Kid. I mean, you saw what they did with the Lethal Weapon remake. <laughs> Nicely done. This is definitely one of the one of the sharpest ones I think we've had on this show. Bringing in the TV, uh, just you know, current pulp uh, pop fiction, uh, you know, with a cult classic. There. Nicely done, sir. Nicely played. Uh, Dynasty. I'm about to join my first startup draft in a few se- uh in a few seasons. Uh, while I like to build my team around wide receivers, the landscape has noticeably changed, and am I better off building around high upside young running backs and taking value at wide receiver? Uh, can't I just pick and choose trade spots to get wide receivers as needed? You know, I've been seeing this type of question a lot this season. This kind of a crossroads, right? Um, just an influx of the running back talent coming out. Seemingly, you know, we're not getting a, a large crop of wide receiver talent here coming at least until 2019, right? Granted, there's there's a handful of uh, decent guys, a couple good ones uh, this year, but uh, you know, I'm I'm like that that type of drafter. You know, just give me a core of wide receivers. Um, I can get these running back scat backs and and fill out as needed. Hopefully, one of them rises up the ranks, so to speak. I don't know if that changes for me. I think. 
because of the influx uh, of running backs here. It just means there are more opportunities for quote-unquote zero RB guys. I don't know if I'm going to flip the script upside down, but it definitely means that you know you, you, you certainly want these guys versus a different type of old-school profile. So what are, you, what are you doing with this one? I mean, this is an interesting dichotomy right now. Well, in order to give people good advice, I've been I've been trying to do some mock drafts uh, this month, and I've I've done two, um, and and I did one that was a, kind of a, a zero RB build. That's you know kind of a traditional uh, approach there, and then I did another one where where I took a running back in in the top three rounds. So just kind of looking at those rosters, the one where I kind of went zero RB, I waited on running back until the sixth round where I took. Uh, Duke Johnson, and then I kind of followed that in the eighth round with the guy Aaron Jones, and then took Jarek McKinnon into the tenth. So you kind of that's kind of what you're going to end up with in a in a zero RB uh, build um, waiting, and that's before we add in the the rookies for the season. So you know guys like this that are kind of that that boring, uh, you know I guess post type sleeper type guys, they're going to get pushed down even further when the rookies get all mixed in there. And, and, and in doing that, I was able to start my draft, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen. Like, you, you got to feel pretty good about that. Uh, hmm. on that, on the other team, uh, let me find it here real quick. On the other team that I drafted, um, I, my first running back was Christian McCaffrey and it, it kind of really threw things off. I still ended up with Duke Johnson again as my RB2, um, at the end of the sixth in that one. And, and I started with DeAndre Hopkins and Tyree Kill. Um, but, but taking, taking McCaffrey at the top of the third meant my best wide receiver three available at the end of the fourth round was Devin Funches. And, and I like Funches, but I mean, the difference between Funches and Thielen starting a team right now is pretty, it's pretty big in terms of competing in year ones. So there's, there's a couple kind of real life current examples of what different builds would, would yield. Um, I think if, if you're doing a startup, I mean, I would counsel you to, to really wait until, um, the my fantasy league football season uh, and calendar year, I guess, whatever turns over, um, rather than doing one uh, on Excel, you know, kind of privately or an email draft that's going to get loaded in there. Because I think in in waiting until those rookies get added in, um, it's going to help you, you achieve kind of that um, ability to to wait on running back. Fantastic stuff there, Curtis. You know, I, I still can't get over the, the movie question though. Like, let me, let me ask you this here. Were, did you feel like Elizabeth Shue broke up with you personally at the start of Karate Kid 2 when he goes back in to see Mr. Miyagi and oh yeah, she just left me for some football guy in college? Like, did, were you as hurt as I was at that moment in time? Karate Kid 2 is an abomination um, for many reasons, and from the opening scene is, is one of those reasons. Now, it has a great fight scene at the end, but I never really feel it with the female love interest in, in that one. It's it's way too forced that, that Danielson is, is going to go for, what, I think, what's her name, Yuki? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, how did I remember that on the spot? That's so clutch. I'm just going to pat myself on the back. <laughs> but I just... Yeah, I mean, the Karate Kid's got to have the love interest, right? And, you know, they bring that back in, uh, in Karate Kid 3 and, and they kind of, they give you that from the very beginning. And, um, but yeah, I, I do feel your pain there. I mean, I felt so tied to Elizabeth Shue after the first one and, and you just want them to stay together and maybe he can repeat as the, the, uh, all valley champion. And, you know, it just goes a totally different direction. 
<laughs> you know, oh my gosh, this is just so, it's like, I feel the way you feel about part two. I feel that way about part three. Like, I still enjoyed part three, but the arch nemesis there, it's just, you know, he was just such a shitty antagonist there. I, I liked the antagonist in part two. You really hated him. There were a couple you do good hate it. Yeah, you do hate him. I'll, I'll give you that, man. Like, that the uh the, the kid from Okinawa is a total punk. There's some good scenes in that movie, like when he chops down the nine ice blocks or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's definitely some cool stuff in there. But the man, bar scene, what, you, you what about love, when he love, goes in the lamp? Uh, Karate Kid Three when he's like punching the picture of Mike Barnes and he gets the bloody knuckles. Like I feel like that's yeah. uh Daniel LaRusso kind of, you know, badass version. And uh <laughs> you don't really think that he's got that in him. I mean, he's like a guy that if he wasn't wearing a belt, his pants wouldn't even stay up. So I think that's, you know, that's kind of kind of, kind of cool to see from him in, in Karate Kid 3. <laughs> yeah. Going going back to the beginning, though, I mean, I just felt like I, I turned the movie. I literally did. I remember as a kid turning part two off and just being like, what? what? She did what? She We can't do this. We, we, why? How is she going to leave us for some? This is not fair. It's not fair. Life isn't fair. Dad, why? It's like for a UCLA football player, right? Uh, oh, yeah. all things too. Exactly. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you can't blame her, dude. Like, you can have the All Valley High kid from Reseda that won the Karate Championship, or you can have a UCLA football player. Like, the thing is, is that scenario is so real life. It's so real life. It like, is. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue's going for the UCLA quarterback. She's not going to stay with that Karate kid. She was a cheerleader. She had to be part of the in crowd. Had to go all to the nice parties. I mean, she was def she was definitely a sorority girl. I mean, one hundred oh, soccer scene, dude. When they're playing soccer, that's probably the other clutch moment of that movie. Oh when yeah, they, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, I'm they- gonna watch it when we're done. Definitely <laughs> watching it. It, it. It wasn't even a part of the show notes. Why are we on Karate Kid? See, I'm, I'm we could just- do a whole show on it. I promise you, Karate Karate Kid. Uh, Go through the whole series and break it down. And, uh, you know, it'd probably be better than the fantasy analysis. Yes, this is this is 100% accurate. Well, if, Curtis, we'll give you another fun one here. If you can go anywhere, past, present, future, where would you go? Oh, man. Man, I think, okay, so the list would be really long, but what comes immediately to mind, like, I would really love to go to the Old West and, like, just getting a duel, like, I don't even care if, like, I was the good guy or the bad guy. Like, maybe it'd be fun to rob some banks and try that out. I don't know. <laughs> or, you know, maybe I wouldn't want to be, you know, the the fearless sheriff that not in my town. Um, but I just think it's, like, it's just so macho. Like, I, I just think it would be great. I'm with you 100%. I mean, I, it, the name of the – what was the series that was just on HBO? That I think they're coming back for a season two. But that – Deadwood or something? No, that was the first one. But this one, oh, my gosh. This is just completely erroneous and un, – un, I can't believe I'm, I'm forgetting this. But it's it's with the the, the – the, the robots, the androids that, that they play parts in the Old West and you get to go and, and have that Old West experience basically. In oh, virtual. man. That sounds awesome. I've never seen that show, but that sounds great. Oh, my. Ed, see, this is embarrassing because everybody is just going to blast me for not remembering the name of this show. This was <laughs> recently like the most – it was the most popular show of the year by far. Well, outside of Game of Thrones, of course. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to take up any more time. Uh, blast me on Twitter. Feel free. I know I'm going to Google it and then just slap myself for forgetting it. But uh, my last but not least, super bold prediction. 
Uh, I, li- I like the uh, the Patriots and the point, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go twenty seven seventeen. 27-17 Patriots. All right, so give me give me uh give me like a pivotal play in that game. Give me something that happens where, you know, they they get that third touchdown to go up on that 17 because that's just Patriot fashion. Uh I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's that late in the game. Like I just think it's going to be it's going to be a Patriot Super Bowl, man. Like I feel like I feel like Philly's going to come out probably and score first. Maybe it's the field goal. Maybe it's one of the touchdowns that I'm giving them. Um, and then people are going to get all up in arms and, you know, and, and th- but at the end of the game, it's not really going to matter. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you there a hundred percent. And it was, it was, uh, it was Westworld. Westworld is, is the name of the show. You didn't see Westworld. You got to see Westworld. Man, it's, I don't even know if I've heard of Westworld. So it's so good, you won't. I don't I even so, remember I was the so title. In, in, in fantasy this fall, like if it was something on this fall, like if it wasn't football, I watch, wasn't watching it. So <laughs> apologies, but if it's on Netflix, I'll check it out. Yeah, Westworld, phenomenal, and uh, Dead. You 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 mentioned Deadwood too. Solid reference. One of the best shows ever. But that's going to do- drink some whiskey out of a dirty glass and get in a duel. <laughs> that's all I'm asking for. You can do that in Westworld. You just got to go there, pay a whole shit ton of money to a bunch of rich people, and then you can literally just go in there, hook up to the machine, and then boom, you are in the Old West, dueling it out, killing people, and there's there's no ramifications. You don't go to jail for it or anything. You know, you, it, As long as you kill people nicely, you're allowed to do it. Is there a way to kill people nicely? I don't think so. But that's that's the premise of, of Westworld, I guess, is you can go and enjoy the the wild wild west, so to All speak. All right, man, I just I just wrote that down. This is gonna be the next show I check out. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode and this season's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast, and we were dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. Uh, we're going to be off again uh, for a short while here, kicking it back up sometime in the off season here. But uh, Curtis, man, just want to say thank you for carving out the time and coming on the show. I know you're a busy dude. Uh, follow him on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. Any last minute plugs? I'll just, I'll just plug all the people that are good to me, man. Um, Dynasty League Football, it's a great site. Um, if, if you're just, if you just really want to have a well-rounded, uh, set of tools and community and, and articles, rankings, you know, they've kind of got it all over there. And, and, and it's really, uh, the, the biggest thing in, in Dynasty, um, in, in terms of being a resource. Pro Football Focus, if you're somebody that really likes to dig into the, to the metrics and, and understand why things are happening and, and what might be, a hint of something that's going to happen. Um, it just doesn't get any better. And they do such a good job of tying in the real football aspect. And that's why I love, really love writing there. I'm learning so much from, um, from my peers. And, and last but not least, um, Dynasty Command Center, we talked about at the beginning of the show, but, um, you know, check, check us out, uh, on the website, give our Slack a shot and, uh, also check out, uh, our, our rookie guide. We've got a pre-compine top 50 out there for you to start doing that research. Boom. There it is. Check it out. Uh, awesome plugs there. Great sites abound. And, uh, don't forget to hit them up on Twitter. Again, that's at CPatrickNFL. And also, please don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye.
Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.